welcome to Didian Hawthorne in the In-Between, or DH&I. I'm your host, Mackenzie Gentz, and you're listening to our podcast about the relevance of literature in the 21st century. Now bookmark that book, and let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Herzlich willkommen zu unserem Podcast. This episode is the first which covers an entire genre of books, memoirs, of course, and we'll be covering the history of the genre, general characteristics of the genre, as well as authors and novels known to the genre. To start out, though, two announcements for you. One is that we have started sending monthly emails to our email list again, so those go out on the 13th of every month. Just go right to our homepage at relevanceofliterature.com to sign up and receive an email about literature and what's going on in the lit community in general. Also, we never spam, and if you want to, you can unsubscribe at any point in the process, especially if you aren't getting value in our content. Second, our Patreon page is up and running. Thank you so much to those of you who have become patrons. It means so much to me that you would support the show, support my content, and want to participate in a smaller, more curated community. That being said, if you haven't signed up yet and would like to, visit patreon.com slash relevance of literature to see all the benefits, which now include access to a bonus podcast, the Patreon-only book club, a one-time literary postcard, and a behind-the-scenes post every single month. Believe it or not, the benefits I've just described are just for the lowest tier, which starts at $2. Again, patreon.com slash relevance of literature to sign up. I started with an article from The New Yorker this week when it came to looking at memoir as a genre and its historical development, and the article is called But Enough About Me by Daniel Mendelssohn and is linked in the show notes at relevanceofliterature.com notes. What Mendelssohn talks about is something that I found to be utterly true about memoir, which is that despite our obsession with it, it persists as the black sheep, quote, of the literary family. Freud in the early 20th century called it mendacity, others called it being a narcissist or an attention hog, but with whichever description you prefer, the main concept is the same. Memoir is about, quote, the overpowering need to be the center of attention, unquote. And for that purpose, while memoir, especially from notable people in every field, continues to thrive literarily, people often subject it and its intense focus on one individual to literary scorn as well. What interests me about memoir is its stylistic variation. I suppose, to a certain extent, one can find stylistic variation in any genre because each author arguably has his own style, but with memoir, the genre has voices from basketball and hard science, literature and politics all alike, making it unique in its variation of different voices over time. This variation is also, as I have mentioned before on the show in episode 108 entitled Why We Don't Talk About Memoir, is the reason why we don't often broach memoir on the show, even though it takes up a good part of what I read every year personally. We at DH&I just don't feel comfortable at this point with telling other people's stories because they themselves have already done so, and often in a breathtakingly beautiful way in their own words. The best we could recommend to you all would be to read the books themselves. Memoir has three definitions listed at dictionary.com. First, a record of events written by a person having intimate knowledge of them and based on personal observation, usually memoirs. 
Two, an account of one's personal life and experiences, autobiography, the published record of the proceedings of a group or organization as of a learned society, and three, a biography or biographical sketch. The first and second definitions combined are the closest to what I would typically classify as a memoir in terms of literature. Sometimes if a person is closely linked to another person or a series of events or a place in some way, a biography can feel like a memoir because of their personal touch to the story. But for our purposes and for simplicity's sake, I often give the example that an autobiography is a specific type of memoir that deals with the entire life of a person, usually from before the beginning of their life to the year that the novel was written, while the more classic memoir deals with smaller sections from a person's life. Where I Came From by Joan Didion is an excellent example of this. David Sedaris's work is also a great example of this definition. If you take one short story of his or one chapter from one of his books, it will usually reference a very narrow frame of time, maybe one five-minute occurrence, maybe something that happened and that he learned from over the course of a year, whereas the book as a whole will deal with that year from multiple different perspectives or otherwise look at a span of a few close years. In any case, his books are not written about his life from start to finish, and in that way he's able to balance a focus on the everyday moments that were unique or interesting or funny to him, with a sense of the broader lessons or messages that he understood as a product of retrospectively seeing himself at those more specific points in time. The reason why I really love memoir is because I find it quite palatable but also quite challenging. Memoir asks you to transform yourself while you are reading into the person you are reading about, asks you to feel the way that person feels and think the way that that person thinks. It's an exercise in empathy, and one that can prove challenging, especially regarding people who you admire but don't necessarily relate to. For me, Sally Field is a perfect example of this exercise, as though I love Field's work and her ad admire her talent, of course, I couldn't relate to her until I really challenged myself to try to understand her character as she presents it in her memoir, which is called In Pieces. That's the other thing about memoir, by the way, is that the authors choose, sometimes for the first time in their lives, how they would like to be portrayed, rather than how others would like to portray them, and that subtle difference is important because you are contributing as a reader to something that is vitally important for that person to get right. They want you to know their story in their words. Finally, I want to end today with a discussion of some of the founding books in this genre, as well as some of my favorite memoirs that I've read recently. Like I said, a good portion of what I read is memoir, so if I went through my all-time list, it would take a while. First, Ben Yagoda wrote a book called Memoir, A History, of course about the history of the memoir, and that is what the article from The New Yorker recommends we read to get better insights into how the genre as a whole developed over time. Mary Carr is also a huge voice in memoir. I have her The Art of Memoir on my shelf, which some people, including one of my English teachers from high school, deem is the definitive beginning to memoir as a codified genre. Rousseau's Confessions is also thought to be a definitive beginning in some respects to the genre of autobiography and, to an extent, memoir, because it is so shocking in its details of Rousseau's personal life. It's actually very shocking <laughs> if you've read it. 
My favorite memoirists include David Sedaris and Mary Carr. I've actually met David Sedaris before, one of his book signings two Januarys ago, and he's just a lovely human. I'll remember that book signing probably forever, so I would recommend his work for that reason, for that part of him as well. My favorite book of his is called Me Talk Pretty One Day, and I reread it every year at least once and laugh so hard every single time I read it. There's always something new to relate to, something I've forgotten, so it's a really enjoyable read literally every time. His other books are really amazing as well. He just had a book come out in 2018 called Calypso that is really, really well done. One of my favorite books of all time, period, is Educated by Tara Westover. It really changed my perception on the education system in general and gave me a lot of insight on what it means to be resilient in your life, which is a huge theme in my life and something that's really important to me. Also, as I mentioned, In Pieces by Sally Field, and one I talked about in episode 108 was What Is It All But Luminous by Art Garfunkel are two books that I have read this past year that I absolutely loved. And that is all for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to the episode of the Podcast Classic this week and for considering becoming a patron at patreon.com slash relevance of literature. See you all on Thursday. If you enjoyed the discussion and would like to hear more from us, there is a show and a series for everyone, so I'd recommend checking out our website, relevanceofliterature.com, under the ongoing series tab for links to our entire back catalogue of episodes. We also have a couple of open surveys that you can find through the links in the description, so if you have three minutes while you're waiting in line somewhere, we would very much appreciate your feedback on our show. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode, and we'll see you next time.